Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who? Who? Hey, race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network, and welcome to Drafting the Circuits. My name is Frank Santorowski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we discuss everything racing from the past week. Before we do that, let me introduce you to the panel I have uh, assembled for you tonight. Uh, with me, Mr. Richard Uden, race engineer, and Seth Eggert, the NASCAR correspondent over at Motorsports Tribune. Our good friend Gray Warren is off on assignment, taking care of some business. Uh, but, gentlemen, how are you both tonight? Doing good. Thank you. All right, great to have you on. Now, we've got a guest with us in the studio tonight. I have uh, Jared Andretti, who's uh, running the Pirelli World Cup TCR class this year, as well as uh, continuing the USAC midgets, or USAC sprints, rather, um, winged and wingless. Uh, Jared's busy, guys. Uh, Jared is the son of John Andretti. Um, the grandson of Aldo Andretti. Um, so there's a lot of good short track uh, short track. Uh, pedigree right there um also his grand uncle is um mario andretti's cousin and cousin is marco uncle is michael andretti so uh uh on top of that you know um your dad's uh godson is aj foyt and one of your dad's good buddies is <laughs> richard petty so I, I guess it's just natural that uh you ended up racing cars and jared good to have you on the show how are you tonight i'm good i appreciate you guys uh having the first uh panel discussion i guess i'll uh i've ever had uh, especially on a, a you know a, a radio show so uh i look forward to it something new all right great so now you've uh been racing in usac for that roughly six years is that correct you start, you start. Uh, i started racing in usac mainly in 14 so i mean that's probably yeah i mean three or four probably three or four years something yeah, like getting... that. you know i'm starting to get a little bit older now i, I know how that goes uh, i'm losing track of time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, but now you've uh, joined the um, David Tilton uh, team along with Copeland Motorsports in the Pirelli World Cup. Uh, it's a new class, the TCR class, um, uh, 2.0 liter turbocharged uh, modified touring cars. Uh, you're running a Volkswagen GTI, which, uh, gosh, when I was in college, I had a Volkswagen GTI, and it was one of the most <laughs> incredible, one of the most incredible cars I've ever had. But uh, yeah. so you've run at Coda, you've run at Virginia. You've got uh, Lime Rock coming up on Memorial Day weekend. So, I mean, with that being said, how difficult is it to switch gears uh, from the dirt short ovals um, to these these little um, Fast and Furious cars, for uh, lack of a better word? Yeah, it's just it's just totally different. I mean, I I, I tell everybody I go from you know the normal run sixty races or so with the sprint car on dirt ovals with a rear-wheel drive car, and then I go to the TCR races and run the Volkswagen and a front-wheel drive pavement and road course. So, I mean, you couldn't get it any further. There's no similarity as far as that goes from, you know, as far as the eye can, uh, you know, just on the surface. There are some, um, you know, some things you can learn, you know, especially in the rain, um, running from, you know, the dirt stuff to the, to the pavement stuff. But um, it's really been a totally new experience for me. You know, there's no data on the sprint car. 
and I've never worked with an engineer on the sprint car, but now I'm working with an engineer and data and, you know, just taking all that in as well. There's so much more information available to you um, that's, that's, that's not available to you on the sprint car side of things, you know. And I, I still take some of the things that I've learned in the sprint cars as far as watching the track, watching what other people are doing. I go and look at other corners, um, you know, because that's what you do in the short track stuff to make to see what other people are doing. Um, and so we, you know, I take I take some of what I do on the short track and apply it to the courses, and, and I think it helps. So now you're now these uh, the touring car races they're they're relatively short in length. They're, you guys run like double headers. They're they're less than an hour yeah. apiece. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how how quick is the turnaround on the double headers? Is it one Saturday, one Sunday, or are you, are you guys running twice in one day? Uh, typically one Saturday, one Sunday. When you go to Lime Rock, though, uh, it's going to be two races in one day, so it's going to be pretty pretty hectic. Uh, that day, it's a two race deal. You run you practice, 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 qualify on a Friday, and you race, race on a Saturday, and then I go home. And it's funny because actually I'm going to race at Terre Haute on that Wednesday, fly back, fly to Lime Rock on Thursday, practice, practice, qualify Friday, race, race Saturday, fly back home Saturday night, and race Kokomo Sunday. So um, I'm going to do a lot of, I'm going to have a PWC weekend um, booking by uh, a couple of sprint car races. So it should be a good time. Well, you're probably the right guy to do it. After all, I'm, your dad's the guy that invented the double duty at Indy. You know, <laughs> yeah. fly, flying back and, yeah. back and forth from track. So uh, I, I just want to touch on your dad for a second. Um, John Andretti, a, you know, really respected guy in motorsports, very versatile driver uh, in his career. And you're kind of following, you know, by you know, doing uh, some different things there. But, uh, you know, there was a, a health scare. Uh, you know, he had um, stage three cancer. Uh, he came up with the hashtag, um, check it for Andretti, uh, encouraging, uh, you know, man close to 50 to go ahead and uh, uh, get an exam. So, uh, but but how's your dad doing now? You know, uh, we talked about a little bit off the air, but I just want to elaborate, you know, just want to kind of, you know, fill in the blanks for, for our listeners that are, you know, kind of concerned about uh, John. No, absolutely, and um, he, he's doing well. His, his first scan right after chemo was clear, and then his three-month checkup was clear as well. Um, and, and as you, if you, you know, if people go through this, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that have had family members go through this. But um, you know, you're never really, you're never really safe. Um, but the five-year mark is really the goal, and so that's kind of what you look toward and work towards. So you just take it three months at a time, and um, you know, you hope and pray and and uh, and just keep chugging along. He he doesn't he doesn't slow down at all. He didn't slow down when he was on chemo. I mean, he was at I think he missed probably I would say ten races last year. And he was he would get he would, you know he had surgery one day on like on a Tuesday and was racing with me on a Friday. And he he had surgery in North Carolina, flew to Indiana, and was racing with me on Friday and Saturday. And then um, you know he would go to chemo and, and still go to the races with me and and go to the car wash and maintenance and everything. So. Um, he he doesn't let it he doesn't let him slow him down at all so uh, which is cool and um, so he's doing well right now and we're just going to uh, hope it keeps uh, hope it keeps trending that direction. Absolutely, yeah. So um, now you've got coming up on your schedule. Now we talked about the um, you're doing you were going to do uh, some uh, wing racing uh, in Ohio, but you said that fell through. Yeah, we unfortunately I had a uh, I had somebody that was going to uh, Joe Devin that was building he built my uh, built the cars he called me and unfortunately I had to cancel um, helping us out on Saturday and and our team is relatively 
I would say, relatively. It was very inexperienced with a wing car. We've never run one. And so I wanted to make sure that I had all the proper police, you know, pieces in place before I took out a brand-new race car and uh, went out there and debuted it with a rookie driver uh, as far as the wing stuff goes. So we're going to go to Hopstop this weekend. We're going to run the non-wing car and the wing car on Saturday and uh, kind of go have some fun and uh, see where it takes us. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be something totally different um, again. And I think just uh, jumping in all these you know, different disciplines of racing is, uh, is only going to be better for me. It's only going to be good for me and, and help me uh, you know, get better in the other disciplines as well. So, like, what are your some of your longer term career goals? Because now you're you started racing relatively late uh, compared to uh, right. I, I believe I'd, I'd read you were 17 when you started racing, and you were yeah, um, and then you were flying, you know, going back and forth from the racetrack uh, as you attended college. Um, yeah, and uh, you went to NC State or UNC. NC State. Yep. NC, NC yep. State, yeah, right. right, right, where where you got your degree. Um, so you know, there's guys 19 years old looking at cup rides so you're at 25 <laughs> you know, 25 now uh, but but what are you i mean what are your uh, long-term goals are you, are you looking to uh to get into a top tier series uh at one point in time whether it be uh in stock cars or sports cars or even perhaps indy cars yeah i mean i think that obviously that's always the goal i think you just as i said you know there's people that are you know back in the day it wasn't uncommon to be 30 years old making your cup debut and now it's um, you know, you, you need to be 19 or 20, and otherwise you're too old. So it's just funny how that, those different trends go. But um, you know, I, I'd like to, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not picky. Um, you know, I'm just doing it. You know, as the phone rings, you pick it up, and if you can fit something into your schedule, you go and race it. So that's kind of just the mentality I've taken. That's the mentality my dad took, and obviously Mario and, and a lot of my other family members. So I think that there's no set career path goal you just um kind of go where it takes you i think that i would like to do i, I would still people like to do rallying i think rallying looks really cool looks interesting it's something that i don't think anybody in our family's done so that would be kind of um interesting to get to do drag racing dad you know that dad's done some drag racing dabbling in that a little bit um, he said he always talks about that experience fondly so i think there's you know you never know where you might end up um, i think you just keep your eyes and ears open and and uh, just keep working and, and kind of see what happens now you you did a couple of years ago run the uh, Rolex Twenty Four, did you not? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, what was that experience like? I mean, you're talking that's uh, you know you're you're used to the just the the really short uh, sprint races on the on the short tracks. Now you're doing a couple hour long stint. Well, it was really cool because um, I got to do it with my father, and that was that was always that was fun, and I had a couple really nice really cool teammates with Anders Krohn and Taylor Hackard. And uh, we had a we had a good time. It was uh, unfortunately we blew up about twelve hours in, but um, those are but kind of doing that race is kind of a we had a we had a gearbox issue early in the race, and we went I don't know twenty or so laps down on the first stint because they were trying to fix uh, fix the gearbox. So we went out there and we're running laps, and and uh, it was just really it's a surreal experience when you look up and you're doing a stint at three in the morning, and you look up in the stands and you see families under blankets watching you know watching you race. And or you go through and you see the Ferris wheel and and all just the the cool thing that happened with a with a 24 hour race like that and plus you're going around Daytona, so it was it was a really um, awesome experience. I really can't say enough about it. And it was just it, it was funny because uh, you know my mom and my sisters were in the motorhome and they would okay you got to wake up you got to go run and get me back in the motorhome, put to bed <laughs> you know and then wake my dad up, get him out and uh, so it was it was a family effort for sure that uh, that trip and um, it was something I looked back fondly on. 
Yeah, that's got to be an amazing experience, you know. It's even just, I mean, you know, Seth and I have been just to watch the race, and just <laughs> you have to watch it in stages too. You know, I can't imagine the yeah, bouncing back and forth, uh, you know, in in the car and whatnot. So, um, but now you're um, running with David Tilton, who's um, military to motorsports, um, and he's yes. also associated with. Um, your uncle's team uh, on Alexander Rossi's car. So, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about how you, uh, you know, kind of hooked up with David Tilton and, and Copeland. Uh, you know, going from running USACs to to doing this Pirelli thing. Well, I was I was in the shop one morning and working on my sprint cars, and that's what we do every day. And um, uh, David just wandered into my bay, and we have a little bay in the back corner, and uh, he was just looking around the shop and. He was talking to me, and, and I, like I, I mentioned you guys off the air, I talk to everybody that comes into our bay. I mean, there's um, everything from schools of kids to CEOs to fans to, you know, you never know who walks in and out of your bay. Um, and so you talk to everybody, and you, you show them your race cars and explain to them your race cars. And um, if, they're, if they're small enough, let them sit in them. And, um, and uh, I, was, I was talking to David, and I was telling him um, how I like to go sports car racing. Like, I do some other stuff. I really wanted to go road racing. And he goes, well, as a matter of fact, I have a, I have a sports car team. Why don't you go look at the car? And it, that was right around the PRI show, and he was, they had the Audi RS3 TCR car out there. And he goes, I'm going to be importing the Volkswagens. They're the exact same car with a hatch on them. And if you want to run one, you know, let me know. And so I, was, I went and looked at the car. It's a, it's a beautiful, they're beautiful race cars, and they're purpose-built. And the interesting thing is they're purpose-built race cars, but they're 65% of the parts are actually the same parts that are on the GTI that's on the road. So they did a great job making the car, the race car, look like the street car. Actually, I, I was tell, tell a story. I was driving behind the GTI on the street uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was, you know, it was like I was racing because it was it looked exactly the same as all the other GTIs out there. So uh, and um, but anyway, so we kind of got hooked up with that, and and we tested before uh, Christmas, a couple you know uh, like three or four days before Christmas, and then. Uh, we uh, started racing, went down to Dakota and started racing. So uh, it, it was kind of a kind of happened just by happenstance, really. It wasn't anything um, planned out or anything else. So now it seems like um, just like you've had two races under your belt, right? One at Coda, one at Virginia. Uh, but it looks yeah. like um, the 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 Honda the Honda's got a pretty good car with uh, with Brian Hurtis' team. Yeah, the Hyundai and with Brian, and then the, the Honda Hun- with Brian Eversley. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, what have, what have your results been like, and what are you looking to maybe do differently when you get to like Lime Rock, Portland, and Utah? Well, the first race weekend we had a uh, we had a bit of an issue. We actually made some contact with the guy the first race, and it ended up blowing, knocking the radiator out of it, blowing the motor. And then the second race there was a a mach- some sort of uh, machining problem on the vacuum connector and we weren't getting full power so we actually didn't finish a race down in coda went to vir um and had a had an issue the first race had to had to go through a, you know, had, to, had to go through a drive-through penalty and then the second race we we finished and um we were we had some speed early and then but we just we just struggled to kind of get the and we hadn't done a full race so i don't think we had quite had the knew where exactly where the track was going to go it really it really took a lot of uh, took a lot of rubber as far as it got significantly blacker throughout the race, and it was just something I wasn't expecting. Those Pirellis are pretty soft, and um, so it's just something that I think we haven't hadn't accounted for. So you know, I think that a lot of it's just getting the experience to know what we need to do with the car for the races, um, and kind of what we 
kind of where that leads us and uh, and kind of what to do with my driving as far as to get the most out of it during those races. Um, so I think that it's all it's all learning experience for me. And like I said, uh, working with the engineer and all the other things, what I need to demand out of a car to to get quicker and things like that. I mean, that's all stuff that you learn in the sprint cars. And you know, you know, I know the field to go to, and and kind of we're working through that as far as the uh, TCR stuff. So, um, I'm just looking to to finish all the races, many laps as we can, and uh, and hopefully we can uh, we can get some good results. Okay, now uh, Seth, I want to bring you into the conversation. You've got a question or two for Jared. Yeah, I have two. Uh, Jared, you said. Uh, that you would run just about anything. Is there one particular track you would want to run at? That I would want to run at? Yeah. You know, it's, that's a difficult question. I mean, I think that um, we're going to get to go to Knoxville later this year with the sprint car, which is going to be really cool. Um, sprint car, they call it the sprint car capital world. I'd really like to go there. I got to run Reams Grove last year, which was really, um, which has had a lot of history. As far as a road course, you know, that's a difficult question. I, I got to go go to Coda, which was, um, you know, I got to go to a Formula One track, did Daytona. I think that it would have to be somewhere in Europe, maybe Spa, maybe Monza, uh, Monte Carlo, you know, uh, it's just one of those places that would be really, um, would be really cool. I just don't know. Um, I don't have a, maybe a specific one circled, but I think the, any of those three tracks, one of those historic road courses um, or, or street course, over in Europe would be something that I'd like to cross off my bucket list at some point. Very understandable. And my other question is, I know you're driving for your dad sometimes now, sometimes some other owners. Uh, If you do move up to, say, IndyCar, would you want to drive for family? Or do you think that would be maybe too much pressure and you would run elsewhere? You know, I think that uh, I've driven for my my dad a long time. We've, We've kind of built this team from being one car and one motor and a borrowed truck and trailer and um, to, to being able to have multiple cars and motors and a, and a truck and trailer that's ours. And kind of we kind of built it from the scratch. Um, we had a set of tools and, and kind of decided to go sprint car racing, and that's kind of how we got started. Um, so I've done everything we always with family. I think uh, Michael's got, in my opinion, the best IndyCar team um, out there. I mean, he's won the 500 uh, three of the last four years. That's where uh, you go to, you know, you, winning the 500 is, is the ultimate pinnacle in motorsports, and I think that um, you know I think absolutely I'd love to drive for Michael. I'd love to drive for family. I think that um, that would be a, that would be a huge honor and something that my father did as well. Um, so I think you know my dad's got dad's been very uh, he's been very lucky to get to drive for AJ and Richard and and Michael as we all uh, as we you know, we talked about off the air. So uh, I think uh, continuing in those getting able to drive for some of those uh, those corners would be uh, would be amazing and a, and a huge blessing. Now. Richard, you've got uh, you've got a question to add. Yeah, actually, I've got I've got two questions. Sorry, I lied to you, Frank, when I said I had one. I've got well, two. You can have two. You're, you're allowed to. Thank you. <laughs> um, sorry, putting my uh, engineering uh, hat on now. Sorry, trying not to to, to bore anybody out there. And uh, I don't know <laughs> with the with the um, you know the series that you're involved in. Um, and I speak to drivers who are mainly sort of stuck in one series so you know the formula one drivers and the you know nascar cup drivers more recently do you do you do much sort of simulator work we have some yeah we have a an iRacing simulator at back of my yeah. at, at home in north carolina so you know that's really good to learn as far as 
Um, the turns were just... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner where the road course goes yeah and uh and so that that is to me has been the the biggest benefit and mm-hmm. at least i know and kind of the gearing and things like that sure. stuff that i'm not used to and so you know obviously there's so many videos available on youtube that you can watch um so you know so many different kinds of cars i've gotten pretty good at figuring out which cars the gear ratios match to my tcr yeah. car so i can kind of know okay they're in fourth there i should be in third there or whatever it may be so yeah. um, you know, you learn those things if you just uh, you just put the time and the effort in. You can uh, you can make some gains there. Yeah, that, that was my question because there's you know there's some guys that you, you deal with and they sort of you know they'll swear that simulators are the worst thing ever and that there's no point in using them at all. Uh, that's typically some of the older drivers, should we say? Uh, right. Whereas you know some of the younger guys are like, oh, you know, I'll spend you know all the time you know spare time in the world. I mean, when I was at uh, with with Williams F1, I know that Valtteri Bottas, he, you couldn't keep him out then. You know, he was in there like you know seven days a week if he could be, and, and he massively leaned on that system. Um, and he yeah. said he, he, it felt really realistic to him, whereas other drivers were like, "Oh, it doesn't feel anything." And I'm sure partly that's a mental thing. If they want it to be good, it'll be good. If they don't, you know, it won't. Right. Absolutely. And I think that I mean, it's just it's. What some of work for the older drivers, you know, it's it just, racing's just like anything else, right? There was, you know, 20 years ago, you know, we were barely, computers were barely around. Now they're a part of our everyday lives. Cell phones are not around. Um, it's just, you know, you have to be able to adapt and I think use all those tools to your advantages because there's people that are going to use those tools. You know, drivers used to not work out. You know, it wasn't yeah. until Senna came along in the early 90s or in late 80s that he would, you know, that you guys really started to get serious about their fitness and their diet. So oh, yeah. I think that the simulators, you know, are the same, under the same token, it's going to be guys that get on board and learn how to make them use to their advantage. It's going to be a tool for them to excel. And that doesn't mean it's going to make them better than guys that don't use the simulator, but I think it's going to be, it's going to help close that gap possibly if they're close. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Totally. And I mean, again, being an engineer, I'm, I'm a big believer in them. And, you know, as you say, even if it's just a familiarization tool, and you know, I'm sure with, by sounds of things, you know, the number of races that you're involved in and the number of different circuits you go to, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a massive benefit. But uh, that was sort of leads into our second question, really. And, uh, you know, from, from being involved in so many series and so many different types of car. You know, you, you look at a lot of the, the sort of high-end motorsport these days, so the, the Cup Series, um, you know, IndyCar, Formula 1. A lot of these drivers are very restricted, either contractually or through their own desire not to be involved in other series. I mean, you go back to, you know, the, the 60s and 70s when you had guys like Jim Clark and Graham Hill. I mean, they... Right. they'd race their bikes from the, you know, to back to the hotel every night. They'd race anything that could move. Do you think that you know it, it's maybe detrimental to motorsport now that we're not seeing the guys in as, in as many different environments? 
you, know, you look what Fernando Alonso did last year when he went to Indy. That was a huge boost for the viewership in, in, of the IndyCar racing in Europe. And, of course, he's now doing the uh, WEC Championship and doing Le Mans. Again, right. I'm sure that will have a yep. massive benefit. No, I mean, I think that, I mean, I think that's a great question. I think, and I think it absolutely it is. I think, you know, I understand the way that motorsports has gone back in those days. It was, you know, hop in a car and drive it. And there was not as many, there was owners that didn't have sponsors. Or if they did have a sponsor, you know, it didn't matter who was driving it. it but they become, you know, sponsors become so synonymous, so synonymous with the guys that are driving it. You know, you think of DuPont, you think of Jeff Gordon, you think of Galozzi, you think of Jimmy Johnson. So, it, you know, for them to get hurt or do something else, you know, it makes it difficult for a partner to get or a sponsor to get involved. But I think on, uh, overall, it does hurt the motorsports because I think they don't create these mega stars anymore. Um, as far as like you talked about the Jim, you know, the Jim Clarks, the Graham Hills, the Marios, the Foyts, those people that um, they would show up, they would go run the coin. You know, Mario would run the coin in a Silver Crown car, and then he would go run the Formula Five Thousand race, yeah. and he would fly back and forth and do that. And so it's, it creates these people that are you know that are and it and it creates this fan base as well that guys that are watching the Formula One race are now paying attention to what's happening in the Silver Crown race because they yep. they saw Mario win in Monza and they want to see what he's going to do at Springfield on the mile and then you see <laughs> the people at the Springfield mile going man what's this spa all about I need to figure out you know a spa you mean the one I go to and get you know <laughs> you know no oh no it's a racetrack and they're in a Formula One car you know so it, it just creates this. This breed, you know, it's like a. It creates these fans that allow them to go across different, and it and it gets people exposed to these different forms of motorsports. I, I told somebody um, a couple weeks ago that I think that there are sports car fans, you know, that are that are that only know sprint car racing. And I think that if you can get them to watch a sports car race, they'll may, they'll think maybe this is really cool. This is really interesting. And I'd like to I'd like to do I'd like to go to one of these instead of spending my money on a ball and stick sport. Because because yeah. the way I look at it is. Motorsports needs to work together, you know, NHRA, NASCAR, IndyCar. Th- those are not – they're. Not, it's not NASCAR versus IndyCar versus NHRA versus short track racing. They all are together. It's all of them versus the NFL, the NBA, MLB, you know, NHL, whatever it may be because, um, you know, we're all in this for the good of motorsports in general, and I want to see them all succeed, um, whether it be drag racing or rallying or IndyCars. Cup cars, you know, I, there's doesn't need this doesn't need to be this division, um, yeah. and uh, I think that Fernando helped bridge that gap, and uh, and so I'd love to see somebody else do that, and I'd like to see that happen more often. I think it's help helping WC as well. I mean, I'm paying attention to WC because I want to I want to see yeah. Fernando do well. <laughs> I met him last year, and he came back and went to my sprint cars, and and I he was asking questions and intelligent questions, and and uh, you know I told him whenever he wanted to drive one. I would have one ready for him, and he said, "No way." But, um, but who knows? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the offer's there. <laughs> yeah. No, and and that's sort of interesting. From and also from a from a personal level, you know, you sometimes like you listen to athletes playing play lots of sports, and it'd be interesting to sort of you know to sort of ask your opinion on this. Do you find, in a way, the the higher up the sort of, for want of a better word, the motorsport pyramid, you climb, it becomes less enjoyable because it's more, you know, structured from a media and a PR point of view, or do you still feel you've got that freedom a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a, you know, I think anything that, 
becomes, you know, there's more pressure, there's everything that else goes with it, you know, it, that, that's a tough question. Um, I think that, you know, it, 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 there's two sides to that token because there's more pressure, it's more structured, there's more money involved, there's more more sponsorship involved. But on the flip side of that is when you succeed, it feels that much better. You know what I mean? If you're racing yeah. locally and beating the same people every week locally, and then you can go versus winning the Indianapolis 500, um, that's, you're going to feel a lot better about winning the Indianapolis 500, obviously. So, you know, I think it depends. I, one thing I have liked seeing, like especially in Formula One, to talk, talk to you about that, it, it, it kind of got, in the early 2000s, there was a lot of, um, you know, there was the um, the Schumachers, the Hockenin, the Mika Hockenins, yeah. the, um, you know, Kimi Raikkonen. They were so, um, so focused and so, I'm not going to say they didn't have a personality, but they were just very much straight-faced, to the point, show up and race and try to win and then go home. Yeah. But now you have all these different personalities. You have Ricardo, you have Vettel, even Hamilton's loosening up a little bit. Obviously, Alonso, um, he is as well, and then you have Verstappen. And then you just have this this like this different culture that I've seen in Formula One, at least from the outsider's perspective. Um, the press conferences, they actually smile, you know. And after <laughs> the races, the second guy actually laughs. And yeah. and you know they. So I think that that is good for motorsports, and I think that is good. And I think that that goes to the trend that just because there's more pressure and more money and everything involved doesn't mean these guys aren't having a blast. No. And yeah. um, no, it's interesting. It should you, be fun. Yeah, it's interesting you sort of mentioned that because a lot of what you know Fernanda took out of running the Indy 500 last year was how how much he enjoyed engaging with the fans and how much yeah. it, it was he you know it was a lot more relaxed for him uh, that that sort of yeah. environment even though that the magnitude of the race was right. you know in, in many ways an equal to anything that he does during his day job for of a better word but it was right. It was that that feeling of, of not being quite so tense, and it's interesting now that you know the Liberty Group own the sport, and you know maybe that sort of they're trying to change that culture because I, I think you know as you say you know fifteen ten fifteen years ago the atmosphere around the teams became almost sort of military like, and it was right. there was like a barrier between the fans and the teams, and you're almost like you're at a zoo. And you couldn't right. touch anybody. Whereas, yeah. you know, as more of these drivers go out and experience these other sport, uh, other series that are a lot more relaxed and a lot more engaging, I, I think it's good for the sport. Unfortunately, a lot of them end up going through that after their career and don't have an opportunity to come back into the Formula One paddock and say, "Hey, guys, there's right. another world out there. This is really cool." Um, so, yeah, that's one of my big things where I think Formula One needs to improve and especially for it to work in the US market is to have a far more relaxed atmosphere and I think it's slowly getting there with the new ownership but when you have guys like Fernando doing what he did I, I think it's fantastic for the for motorsport in general because it's you know as you say they've all got to work together yeah absolutely and, and I think that's the cool thing about short track racing is, is um, you know there's been times I've I've rolled up under red there's been times I've crashed and I get out of the car and I have fans screaming at me, go back, you know, I ran a super modified up at Oswego and I, and I uh, throttle hung one night and I crashed and I got out of the car and the fans came out, the fans said, go back to where you came from. We don't want you here. Yada, yada, yada. And I just gave them the thumbs up. How you doing? High five. I'll see you guys next week. Got out of the car and, and, and went back. And, um, I came back next week. There was a red flag. I pulled it out of gear. 
I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in turn four. The guys come to the fans, the stands, and go, hey, Jared, how's the car? How you doing? <laughs> and I'm going, I'm, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it's just that interaction that the, you know, you talk to them. You talk, you're in the car, it's lap twenty, and you're going, now nah, the car's a little tight. Well, we should be all right here. Hopefully, some of these guys, you know, these, he, he's getting free in front of me. I can get him. So I think that interaction between the fans and drivers has to be there because. Those are those are the interactions that fans remember forever, and those are the ones those that get fans for life. Um, I yeah. can't tell you how many times I've been told stories of. I met Mario at Springfield in 1967, and he signed my hat. And here's the hat, and yeah. you know it's something that it took a minute, but it was a personal interaction with him, and that's different than anything else that they've experienced. Exactly. And I, and I think that that's you know that that makes a big difference. Anyway, yeah, sorry. I, I, you know, and that's what I always sort of say about these, you know, the guys. People say, oh, you know, these, you know, Formula One drivers or NASCAR drivers or IndyCar drivers or whatever. Oh, you know, and it's like, yeah, they use the bathroom the same as you or I do. You know, they're, right. they're no different. They're human beings. They're real people. And it's a shame that, you know, we don't get that interaction. We don't get that human side as much as we maybe should do. Um, and it's, yeah. as I say, I think that's the big barrier that um you know motorsport is facing and it needs to sort of try and break that down a little bit yeah and i mean another thing is, is another thing about motorsports and like too is, is you need to do things to get these guys in the public eye because i think one of the one of the things and um the difference in motorsports and a lot of these other is you can't see their faces during no. during when they're doing what they're doing best and what they are paid to do and what they're famous for and what makes them special compared to every other by everybody else in in the room or everybody else in the world is you know driving the race car they can't they can't see their faces you know I mean these guys basketball players they 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 become synonymous because they see their face for you know twelve four twelve minute quarters and and even football players they take their helmet off and you can see through their helmet same with NHL players and baseball players so I think you need to even do more. And that side of things to get these people to be recognizable and these brands to be built um, because that, that pulls everybody up. As these drivers become more recognizable in the public eye, it, it makes it easier for them to promote and for the, you know, to get fans there. And it, it's just, it's kind of a, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a cycle. It's just pushing the snowball from the top of the mountain and it just builds momentum. And, and pretty soon you have a, you know, you get, not that you don't have a fantastic product already, but it just, it just creates more and more and more. Yeah, oh no, it's it's a difficult industry, isn't it? You, you you're vying for TV time and airtime on TV, and you know, as you say, it's uh, it's, it's to make these people recognisable. And uh, you know, Honda's done good with their TV commercials, and you know, trying to bring that more into the mainstream. So uh, hopefully, it's all going in the right direction. Right, and, and you got guys, yeah, you got guys like uh, Hinchcliffe out there dancing, you know, and, yeah, exactly. and, and Alexander Rossi and Connor Dale are out there on Amazing Race, and you know, and on Celebrity Family Feud. And these guys just and these guys just put themselves out there too. I mean, if you just uh, look at the whole little autograph battle that uh, Joseph Newgarden and Simon Pagenaud are having in on on uh, Twitter and YouTube, it's really quite entertaining. But it really kind of humanizes the drivers uh, as just you know pretty uh, pretty good personalities, which is, is something that, uh, like I said, was lacking in Formula One for years. So, but uh, Jared, before we let you go, I, I wanted to. Uh, I just talk about one more thing, and that's um, your grandfather, uh, Aldo Andretti, who uh, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Aldo was a pretty darn good race race car driver himself, um, and he might have uh, reached the 
heights that Mario had had he not uh, had some injuries early in the career. But uh, I, I mean, is is uh, Aldo active um, with, with your with your race career? Do you guys do you guys talk often? Because uh, he um, he was a terror on the dirt tracks from uh, from all accounts. Yeah, he absolutely. He was um, he I, he was about actually about. I would say about ten minutes from me um, here in Brownsburg, Indiana, and so uh, we sp- we speak fairly often. He, um, I text him every now and again, and um, I was telling somebody yesterday. Actually, I texted him in uh, December. I got a response in April, and I talked him three or four times <laughs> since then. <laughs> you know, yeah, three or four times. So um, he, he's not as great with the uh, with texting back and forth, but uh, I go see him, and he comes to some races whenever he can. So um, he's still staying busy in his uh, in his old age, and. Um, and uh are getting older um, he's i'm not going to call him old because uh because he still stays active but um yeah I mean, obviously uh i've called him from time to time for advice on different places because um when i went up to oswego he he had been him and mario had been the only two people that in our family that had raced there and uh so he gave me some advice there you know it was in the 60s um he did he made some interesting points that, that i took up there with me so um he, he you know he's uh he stays as active as he can come to as many races he'll come to the shop and, and um Actually, I had him in the shop not too long ago, and I was I was peeling decals off a car, and he goes, "Well, give me give me that heat gun, and I'll I'll do the other side." So he was there uh, peeling decals off a car, so I could uh, get it revinyled. So uh, he's uh, like I said, he, he's he's into it, and he loves racing as much now as he did when he was you know came to the United States and was 16 years old, and and building a modified for him and Mario to go uh, go out to Nazareth. And man, that's incredible. So uh, now. Before we let you go, Jared, because I know you got a pizza on the way, um, would you? <laughs> I hope your pizza's not sitting there getting cold. But uh, gosh, we sure have enjoyed talking to you. But um, I-, I want you to um, just let our listeners know where they can find you on social media, where we can follow you, um, any and any events you want to plug. I know you've got like a meet and greet coming up with uh, where you're going to be side by side with uh, Michael's uh, Indy car drivers. Yeah, we're going to. Uh... There's going to be a Napa store here in Indianapolis um, from 12 to 2 tomorrow, and they're going to have the four knee car drivers. I'm going to have my wing sprint car there. I'm going to be uh, I'll be by the, the the sprint car talking to people about it, and um, and they come by and stop by and, and and say hello, and I'd love to talk to you. And otherwise, you can find me on social media, Jared Andretti Racing for Facebook, Andretti Autosport Short Track for Facebook, and then um, at Jared Andretti Twitter and at Jared Andretti uh, Instagram. So those I keep it simple. Um, I make sure I don't forget my own accounts. So uh, if you type in Jared and Ready, it should it should come up. <laughs> um, and so follow me there, and uh, you can ask questions. I'm, I try to be as responsive as I can, and um, and kind of uh, try to engage as much as I can. Right, and that's Jared and Ready with one R and two T's. Just like the last name. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So, um, Jared, I, I wish you the best of luck. Hopefully, maybe later in the season, you'll come back on the show. Um, tell us about your first Pirelli uh, World Cup win that's going to come at Watkins Glen. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, hey, you know, we can be optimistic. So, um, uh, you know, any any final thoughts before uh, before we let you go enjoy your pizza and uh, get some rest? No, absolutely. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was it was uh, it was fun, and uh, you know how to get a hold of me, and um, love to do it again. Lucky Land 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.